Welcome into another episode of the Common Dad Podcast. I'm sorry, the Common Dad Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the underscore common underscore dad and on Facebook at the Common Dad. And as always, leave that five star review and we will read it on the podcast. Now, today's a special day on the the podcast. We like to keep it loose. We like to keep it fun um, and entertaining. So naturally, today we're going to talk about dying and death. And we'll keep it real upbeat. Um, no, in all seriousness, we wanted we wanted to talk about it because, it, well, I take that back. We don't. It's not really anything anybody wants to talk about. But being a parent, unfortunately, it's gonna come up eventually, um, and it sucks a lot. But again, it's something something we'll have to talk about as parents, as dads. Um, and I think a big part of this is we'll also understand we're just dads. This is just our opinion. None of us are professional psychologists or any of that. So take this for exactly what it is worth. But I think the big thing is trying to explain it to the kids and what age you even try to explain it to, because like kind of how we talked about uh, when we had a, when we chatted about uh, our canine pals, you know, when my dog my dog died and my kid was two. It was kind of like, well, we'll just move on. Whatever. He doesn't really realize it. So yeah, there's really no point in explaining it to him because he's not going to get it. Um, so, you know, you say what happened, you move on, whatever, but at a certain age, and I don't know what that age is, which is scary. (laughs) I think for most parents, do you start trying to kind of explain it and break it down? What happened? How much detail do you really go into? So that way you don't confuse them because too much is is too much. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be based on age, obviously, but but more so than even just age, their own maturity and their own experience level, I would say. Um, Some kids are smarter and able to take things better than other kids who might be more emotional or depending on the relationship. um, Everything's a little bit circumstantial. There's so many variables. Um, But. Yeah, I mean, look, if they're an older kid and it's a direct relative, maybe their grandparent. Yeah. You know, hopefully you have a little bit of time where you can kind of preemptively, you know, everybody can say their goodbyes to the loved one. And so Mm -hmm. you can sort of plan how you're going to approach that because you could you could tell her like, hey, you know, she's really sick. She's, you know, it's time. And, yeah. and you can try to preemptively figure out how you're going to handle that. I think that's an important s- distinction. Yeah. Do you, I don't think anybody is going to preemptively just sit down their child on a Tuesday afternoon and, <laughs> well, you're six years yeah. old now, so we're going to yeah. talk about death. Finish your goldfish. Most of it's going to be sparked by something happening, whether that's the death of a family mm-hmm. member, whether it's distant or, or near. Or the impending death of yeah. of a relative, um, but yeah, I would say it's based on their own maturity level in combination with their age. Um, the younger they are, the more important it is to just not sweep it under the rug, but try to paint it with a little bit of a you know lighter colored brush that you know they're going to heaven. They're you know, sure. better place. They're just, they're not going to be here. The, you know, 
They're going to live on in your heart and you can remember them anytime you want. Stuff like that. Um, the last thing you want to do is traumatize a, a child because... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uncle Johnny, he was in a motorcycle accident and his head was decapitated. Right. Yep. And now we're going to cremate him. Like, <laughs> he's just, what's that? Some oh, details. Well, we put him in just... a furnace and we burn him. Right. Until there's nothing um, left but ash. So I have, I have kind of a funny story. <laughs> then they're going to be awake with nightmares for the next year and a half and see a child psychologist right. for the rest of their life. It can be, yeah, it can be, if you play your cards wrong, it could be a very expensive conversation. Um, I have kind of a funny story about that. So we, we had an unfortunate passing in our in our family about, oh gosh, about two months ago or so. Now, Elijah didn't know. It was, it was an uncle of mine. Elijah's met him a couple times, but mm, he wouldn't remember. But we went to the funeral and everything, and he's five. So I wanted to explain to him where we're going and what we're doing and why we're doing it. You know, because he's going to be there. He's going to see people crying, and he's going to, you know, what, yep. what are we doing? So I explained to him what uncle Johnny did. He was a firefighter. I explained to him, we're going to go to the church. We're going to have a ceremony. People are going to talk about him. Um, and then we're going to go and we're going to bury him. And he hears all this information. He hears, he hears church. He hears firefighter. He hears stories. So I said, okay, buddy, what I kind of asked him like, all right, what are we going to do? What did, what did you hear? What, what did I tell you? And then what, what's going to come out? He says, oh, okay. Um, we're going to go to the church. We're going to tell some stories and then we're going to burn the church down. I says, no, 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 not, not going to burn the church down. Smart so, of you to check for understanding. Yeah, yes. I said, yeah, let's, wow. let's clear this up before we go to the church with the firefighters. Cause they might have uh, an issue with that. But again, he was five. Um, and so it was kind of like, you know, we cleared it up and he kind of understood what, what was going on. But again, it's not a relative that he saw every day. So it's still distant for him, still very distant from him, but you know, cause he doesn't understand that, like, Oh, that person was here and now they're not. Um, but he seemed to understand it. He could look around the room and see that people were crying and he was kind of looked at me and he knew it was a very serious moment. Um, but I don't, I don't know how much of it he took in, but I thought that was funny. Yeah, we're going to go, we're going to tell some stories, then we're going to burn the church down. No, 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 <laughs> not, not going to do that. Um, but with Elijah, I didn't even, you know, I didn't, we're going to go to church and we're going to play with some toys. Okay. That's what yep. we're going to do. Or with Ezra, sit sorry. in the back of the room Ezra, or in yeah. the kid's room. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he's three. It's, he is, is no, no idea. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of funny how he, how he just kind of responded to that. Yeah, yes. I thought that I thought that was a little bit interesting. Um, now with you guys, um, Grandpa or no, Grandma. so he passed away. Or well, yeah. So so our our Grandpa passed away not too right. long ago. Um, Alex was still kind of at that. I think he was maybe four. How long ago did Grandpa pass, Ryan? Carl was. Uh, Three years ago? Has it been three years already? So I, I would have so, put yeah. Alex at, at either three or four. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at, at the viewing, it was, they sat in the, the back of the room. Um, they didn't go up to the casket. That was a conversation Sarah and I had. It was an open casket viewing. Yeah, um, that's a good idea. Not to, We I, did I not want them idea. to see that. 
it especially i mean they had met grandpa they had sat on his lap they had sure you know it, it was grandpa we had regular monthly almost family gatherings where they had seen him so distant in that it was not somebody they interacted with on a daily occasion and even at those parties they would say hi and they would say bye and they might sit on on his lap for a minute but they were running around playing with all the other cousins and and whatnot they weren't really in his circle that often right Um, so still a little bit distant and certainly being three or four years old pretty young um but we did not want to we we preemptively decided to keep them in the back of the room so only one of us would go to the front of the room at a time um to be with family and to pay our last respects and whatnot because i don't know how he would have handled seeing his grandfather asleep i mean i I don't know how you he's gone but But no he's he's right there i can see him yeah um I do know I lost my composure. I was able to hold my composure through pretty much everything, but I did break at mm-hmm. one point in the car. Yeah. Um, and I remember Sarah telling, having a conversation with Alex that, you know, I was just very sad that, that he had passed right. and he was gone and, you know, remembering all of the happy moments and whatnot that we had had and gotten the opportunity to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But again, he was only three or four, so it was not a whole yeah. lot of understanding. It was kind of the sugar-coated version of yeah. it. Um, I think it's good for them to see that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. To understand, like, oh. For sure. You know, because they understand your feelings better than what it, they would understand. It's okay to be emotional. Feelings. It's okay to be sad about things. Yeah, um, absolutely. But there's a yeah. time and a place for all of it. So sure. it was good, but... You know, they were still young, so right. it'll be interesting, you know, whenever the next situation happens, now that Alex is in grade school and a little bit older, and now Max is at that three to four, mm-hmm. year, you know, year old stage where we'll, right. we'll have to sugarcoat it for him, but we'll want to use the opportunity to teach Alex a little bit more, Yeah, but obviously not too much. All right, it's kind of I still a fun how the open between... casket thing is going to work. That's <sighs> yeah, that's that's trippy. I I remember seeing my aunt Katie, who I had zero relationship with, but I remember going to her funeral. I don't even remember how old I was, but I vividly remember what she looked like and what she was wearing. And I was I was maybe three years old. I'd right. have to look it up. And I mean, I remember exactly what she looked like. So that that is something that little I remember it when I was that little. So it's one of those things like. It's a fine line between this is good for them to understand, but then also is this just going to cause more confusion right? to a concept that they simply just cannot understand at this point. So I just realized I had misspoken. I said grandpa. It's actually for Alex. That's his great grandfather. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah. just for the listeners, it's, it's yeah. a great grandfather. So the, the, yeah. the distance there was great. Yeah. Um, well done. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I'm going to weigh in, but I'm going to think. Yeah. I'm I mean, Katie Bell would have been a little bit older, so. Yeah. I was going to ask Ryan, cause well, there's a couple, there's a couple of different things. So obviously yeah. from our side of the family, um, Grandpa Carl's the most recent, but about a year and a half ago, 
um, Yanni's grandmother. They're, they've mm-hmm. got a, they had a great grandmother on the other side that was even more recent. Um, one, her, her dad's mother passed away. Um, and they were closer with her because especially as it got closer to the end, she was a very independent, strong-headed woman, a Cuban woman that, you know, didn't want to quit smoking and didn't want to quit her relationship with Jose and Jack, um, talking about Cuervo and Daniels, um, <laughs> respectively. Um, and so she, she did her thing and she lived her life, but it meant that, you know, Yanni's parents were, um, spending a little bit more time taking care of her and, and driving her where she needed to go, taking her to doctor's appointments and the set and the other. Um, and having watched my kids, my kids were around her a lot. And spent a lot of time with her. She didn't speak much English at all, really, any, to my knowledge. But my kids kind of growing up around, like, they knew her. They loved her. She was a super sweet lady. Uh, as much as she was stubborn and independent, um, she was as sweet as could be. But um, I think Drew kind of hit the nail on the head. So much of it matters on a personal level. You've got to know your kids. You've got to know your their maturity level. Your own kids might be different. Katie at five is different than Matthew at five. Um, Katie at five was, uh, I think that was after grandma Deering, um, she, grandma Deering was before she turned five, grandpa Deering or grandpa Carl, I'm sorry, was right around the time she was five. Um, and she was sad and Matthew was sad, but couldn't explain why he reads a room very well. That's, inter- that's really interesting um, that, he, that he can just feel the room. He could kind of feel the room, That's but and he would say, "Mom, Dad, I'm sad. Why are you sad? Because um, sure. Grandpa's going to heaven." But he didn't mm-hmm. really, he certainly didn't understand, understand what that meant. But he felt the room sort it's of. It's cool that they can feel that, even though they don't understand it. You know what I mean? Kids yes. Are smarter. That's than really we give cool. Them credit for. Kids are yeah. way smarter than yeah. than we oftentimes give them credit for. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But, um, one of the things, you know, my dad and I had made a comment at. Um, at my father, well, my grandmother-in-law, I guess I'll call her, at her funeral, um, the Hispanic culture, and I, I mean, I can only really speak to Cubans, so I can't say this is true for all Hispanic culture, but they do funerals very differently than we do in the sense that it's, it is oftentimes open casket, but the, the service is usually done at the funeral home, very rarely at a church um, separately. And the viewing um, at the funeral home really, like it starts usually at 7 or 8 o'clock, but it'll go till 2, 3, 4 a.m. It is like, an, and you stay the whole time. It's, you say 4 a.m.? You go get food. Yes. It's like an all-night It's a party. Hangout. It's the last Jeez. party that the person yeah. gets to be it's, a part of. It's yeah. not necessarily a party because they don't go the whole, oh, we're going to celebrate the life sort of thing intentionally. But what happens is... You get people there and they're mourning and they share Cuban coffee and they're sharing, you know, pe- kids start to get hungry and rowdy. And so, but what naturally happens when you're hanging out for hours and hours at, you know, a wake sort of thing is sure. you start sharing stories. Oh, do yeah. you remember when this and, oh, I haven't seen you in, fr- like you have relatives that are coming back together. And of course you don't want to see them under those circumstances, but, right. but there was all these sharing of stories and all these sharings of, oh, do you remember when we did this under grandma's this and. And there was the tree that we carved this into the side of. Do you remember getting in trouble for that? And oh yeah, this is how she used to whip us, man. Like, and and like my dad made the made the comment, like it's it's actually 
pretty neat the way that they do mm-hmm. funerals with the sharing of stories like that. As much as it is as it, it's not really the celebration. It is a mourning time. The mourning process through the sharing of stories and everything is pretty phenomenal. Um, to the point that it was different for Matthew with my grandmother-in-law than it was for Grandpa Carl because at that stage, he was now four and a half going on five. He may have just turned five. He was grabbing people's hands and taking them up to the casket saying, look at my abuela Fefa. She's in heaven now. (laughs) This is her, but she's not really here anymore. And like she took my mom over. Like, Let me go introduce you. And of course, yeah. my mom had met her several times in the set, but right. it was just, it was a different attitude. And, and as much as he had seen her very frequently with the doctor visits and everything else, um, seeing her in the casket didn't bother him. It, it didn't startle him. And Ma- Yanni is very good. My wife is very, very good at, um, I'm, I'm kind of like a, because I said so sort of guy, or that's just the way it is sort of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife explains things. So she does go into the, well, she's in heaven now and she was in a lot of pain and she gives good metaphors and she explains it and the kids absorb all that. And so they go up to the casket and they go, yeah, that's just her body though. That's not really her anymore. And right. like yeah. as much as they're young and, and they probably still don't grasp the whole entirety of it. Um, you know, Katie was sad because at the time she was seven she's closer to the age she was now and i think that six seven eight year old is where they start to really feel it more mm-hmm. sort of thing because even if they don't spend a ton of time um around them it there is still a bond there is still a recognition that hey this is somebody i'm never gonna see again sort of thing yeah. and um it was maybe a little bit tougher for her but there's still a um it 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 really does kind of put make it obvious that she's not there anymore. Like that's her, but it's just her body. And the way Yanni has explained yeah. it, it is very much a you know she like her spirit, her body is or her mm-hmm. she is in a better place. This is just her body, and um, and now we had um for the the last funeral we went to with Uncle John, and we actually went out to the cemetery and. That was like a oh, this is this is a final thing. Like you see that hole in the ground, buddy. Like that's yep. where that's going, and that was kind of like a you kind of could see the the gears turning in his head. He was like, oh, this is, and I kind of it was kind of forever. It was forever, and and I kind of turned him around and said, see all those other stones. <laughs> it was kind of he was like, eee. I was like, those are the realization. Oh yeah. yeah, and it was kind of like oh. Okay, like that's that's what these are, and I said, yeah, they connect the dots. Yeah, they do. And Drew, you said it. Kids are so much smarter than we get them credit, give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Like I think they sort this stuff out quicker. I I tend to err on the side of caution when probably I shouldn't because they're probably sorting it out faster than we can explain it to them, and well, we just don't know it. Yeah, you may have a point, but. You don't want them to draw the wrong conclusions in their own mind. Well, you want to be able to lead the story. Yes. I think yeah. the key with any of that, though, is being there for the questions and making sure that they feel comfortable asking you the questions so that they're not sorting it out on their own. So that there's a, yeah, okay, you're saying, you're saying okay, they're probably sorting a lot of this out on their own quicker than we realize. Mm-hmm. Well, don't let them sort it out on their own. 
be there with them when they start to cry. They like that was the one thing again. And Yanni's very good at this. And and we kind of you know it's it's tag team when it comes to your kids, but it's hey buddy, what's wrong? And no, well talk to me. Tell me what are you thinking? What are you feeling? And okay, and trying to get it out. And like like I said with Grandpa Carl, it was a uh, I'm sad. Like Matthew's to the point where he'll he learned very early on. I'm sad. I don't know why I'm sad, but I can tell I'm sad. Like like. And I'm saying I'm sad because of this, but the more we kind of pry into it, it's like looking around the room, everybody else is sad. And and maybe he is starting to sort it out a little bit and we're we're helping mm-hmm. him through some of that. Um, but don't make them sort it out on their own. Be there. Be available for questions. Be available. Yeah. And you're not going to have all the answers. Some answers are going to be tough and say, you know what? That's a really good question. Why don't we sit down and, and talk about that on the car ride mm-hmm. home or something? And then maybe you go to your spouse and say, hey. Holy smokes, my son asked yeah. me this question. How the heck do we answer this? Um, and you kind of regroup and think about it. But then you know, okay, now I know where their mind's at. Now I know what they're thinking. Now I know mm-hmm. how to answer this. It's just the communication is kind of key with it. As much as you may want to direct it, and this isn't a, a criticism at no, all. No, yeah, you're right. Um, because like I said, it's it's got to be individual to your kid and your circumstance, depending on it's their... More like I mean, a, it's more like a guide, you right, and we're dealing with, with great-grandparents yeah. at this stage with, with where we're at, sure. where other kids you know, that maybe have older parents may be dealing with grandparents and not great-grandparents, and they might be dealing with it at 10, 11, 12 years old sort of thing. Um, but for us, it's we're not trying to dictate the narrative because we don't know how they're feeling. We can try to, what do I want to say, control the story as much as possible, but if they're not buying it, because they've got a question that's going on and on and on in their head that we're mm-hmm. not answering with our story. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to get that out of them. What is it that you're thinking? What is it that you're feeling? Like, you've got to keep that communication kind of both ways so that you know what's what what they're going through. And they feel yeah. comfortable telling you what's going on. Then you can kind of go about answering it however you feel you need to answer it, depending on what the question is, what the situation is. I'm going to make a really stupid point <laughs> or not even a point, but just an observation. It won't be the first. It won't be the last. On no, this, it absolutely this won't be. But um, just watching movies and my kids love to watch a lot of Discovery Channel stuff. And and a lot of the movies, a lot of the Disney movies, death is a concept that is pretty constant. And then if you watch, you know, a National Geographic you know, documentary on a pack of elephants, uh, inevitably one of the babies always dies or one of the moms always dies. So it's, it's, and I remember seeing Elijah cry one time over, you know, a movie or a documentary or whatever. So it's not, it's a concept that they can kind of be introduced to them, but it was without any super hard, you know, questions or repercussions because at the end of the day, it was an elephant or a character on the TV. So that, that did kind of help. I do remember kind of explaining to him like, well, remember buddy, it was, it's kind of like this. You remember, remember seeing that and like, well, it's the same thing with people, you know, elephants die, people die or whatever. Um, so that, that did kind of help kind of to, to reach into that well a little bit, because again, it's not, I don't want my kid the first time he experiences death. I hope isn't with a, a person you know, that could be, that could be a little heavy. So I think that did, again, as dumb as that sounds, I do think it helped a little bit kind of cushion the blow or it was kind of like a good starting point. Maybe I should say to begin to explain, but 
you know, there's a lot of like there's a lot of those Disney <laughs> movies. If every Disney movie somebody dies, they may be killing people off. Bambi and Frozen and yeah, yeah, all of them. Yeah, Frozen. They're all Bambi. I mean, the I can't older get my Disney wife to watch are... uh, Fox and the Hound. Oh, that movie will get me as a grown man every single time. It's it's definitely a good one. Well, I think this was a pretty um, again crappy, sucky conversation to have, but. It's a it's it's one that will have to be had with kids, unfortunately. And if you hear this and you're like, "Oh, you guys are dead wrong," please message, comment. Well, you know, let us know if we missed anything, if we were way off, or you agree. But it's it's one of those things that's a continuous um, thought process of how to approach it. Because, um, like Drew said earlier, if it's something that you know you've got a loved one that's going is sick and you know it's coming, it's it's a longer conversation than just a a funeral or, or whatever the situation might be. But anyway, on that super cheery note, we will wrap up this episode of the comma dad podcast. As always, don't forget to follow us on the underscore common on Instagram at the underscore common underscore dad. And on Facebook at the common dad, please leave us a review. Please write an actual review. We'll read it on the podcast, but you know, make it a five star and then we'll, we will definitely read it. And we will see you guys next time.